Welcome to Modern Family Matters, a podcast devoted to exploring family law topics that matter most to you, covering a wide range of legal, personal, and family law matters with expert analysis from skilled attorneys and professional guests. We hope that our podcast provides answers, clarity, and guidance towards a better tomorrow for you and your family. Here's your host, Steve Altitian. Welcome, everyone. I'm Steve Altitian, Director of Client Partnerships at Pacific Cascade Legal. And today we have our lead paralegal, Lisa Parsons, to talk about the importance of updating your documents after a family law case. Hey, Lisa, how are you doing today? I'm well, Steve. How are you? I am well. So let's talk about updating documents after a family law case and kind of start out with in general, why you should do this sooner than later. So I think a lot of times people forget that uh, while they're married, their spouse might be aware of their logins or their passwords or, you know, other account information. So it's really important, you know, especially right after a divorce to whether it's make a list or um, kind of an inventory of what accounts exist, uh, you know, what type of insurance policies do you have? What what are your beneficiary designations? A lot of people move to a new residence and it's really important to update that information um, in several places. Let's start with the biggie. And it doesn't always happen, but I know a lot of, a lot of spouses after divorce may change their name. And while it sounds simpleton to say, your name is on pretty much all of your documents. So talk about that that kind of changing of the name. First of all, if it even can be done in the divorce or it has to be done somewhere else or if it has to be done both places and how that kind of works with your documents. So, Steve, you made a really great point. Um, when if when you're getting a divorce, if you think you might want to change your name back to a prior name or a maiden name, uh, it's really important to do it in the divorce process. Um, through a dissolution of marriage, you can ask to restore your name and is included and it's effective if it's in that divorce judgment. If you down the line choose to change your name uh, following a divorce, there is a separate process and there is cost involved in changing your name. So oftentimes we recommend that if clients want to restore prior names, they do it in a divorce. And then it will be necessary to obtain what's called a court certified copy of their divorce judgment in order to effectuate that name change. So like you said, your name is on just about everything. So typically, uh, what we say, uh, there's actually a process to this, to changing your name, and there's a specific order that you want to do it in. Um, so the first thing that you would do once you have that court certified copy in hand is uh, to contact the Social Security Administration and fill out uh, the necessary paperwork to ask for a name change. Once you have your Social Security card in hand with your restored name, at that point, you can do things like change your passport and change your driver's license. Uh, those things all need to occur first before you do anything else. Once you have all of those resolved, or at least your social security and your driver's license, then you can make your change with 
bank institutions or financial institutions, on insurance policies, on your home utilities. You know, I think that's one that often gets forgotten is your power, your electric, your car insurance, your, you know, maybe auto loan provider. Um, You really do need to provide all of them with record of your name change. Yeah, that that makes so sense. The one that that I think a lot of people forget, including me, sometimes is is the post office. <laughs> you know? Right. So the name, that's obviously one thing, you know, you change your name, you got to change. And you talked a little bit about your address. But, you know, there's a lot of other things that the divorce may want to make you change. And I'm kind of specifically thinking of, you know, things like who's your PR? It may have been your spouse and, and, the, and, you know, the divorce may have made that automatically go away. But if you didn't have another one named, then you just have a, a nothing as, as a personal representative. So there's a lot of different things you got to change other than just your name and address, isn't there? Yeah, there is. Um, so like I touched on, uh, you know, beneficiaries are one, but also personal representatives, trustees, guardians, healthcare agents, emergency contacts. There are quite a few things that, that you do need to change. Often we'll recommend that you review your estate planning documents or prepare estate planning documents following a dissolution of marriage so that you can name individuals to act on your behalf, whether you're incapacitated, uh, you know, for health or financial reasons, or in the event of your demise. One that kind of, I think, also gets forgotten, which is kind of interesting because it's a divorce, it's your marital status. Uh, right. There are places where your marital status matter, um, and you need to go change those and you know one that I kind of see a lot that that doesn't sometimes get updated is in your um insurance. Right. Right. Insurance. Well and the other one that comes to mind for me is uh with the IRS. Um there's actually a form that they want people to prepare and file as soon as a divorce happens. It's a change of marital status, change of name, change of address and providing that information right away. Um, and so there, there are extra things that maybe aren't your everyday, um, you know, responsibilities that you think of, um, you know, whether it's your insurance, your disability, uh, you know, your life insurance policies, all of those need to be updated as well. Um, following a divorce. Yeah. Yeah. I know another one that, that in my, in my former life, I used to have to tell people to do is, a lot of people give their insurance company or their doctors authorization to allow their spouse to get their health information. And it, it's under the HIPAA laws. Yep. And a lot of people forget to change those. A lot of people forget to change their beneficiaries of their employer's benefits. Right. And, and so there's just a ton of things that need to get changed. How do you go? I mean, are there some places like we talked about employers or other sort of people you really need to talk to? I mean, like, uh, should we, do you really need to talk to your tax person even before your next taxes? Ideally, yes. 
uh, there are ways to go about this without necessarily talking to your tax professional. But, you know, I, I would be asking your legal team, you know, if you have some questions on making those changes or, or having them give you information on make sure you change these accounts. One thing that I often see come up is a divorce judgment might say, that a joint account uh, is to be closed or a joint debt is to be closed, that doesn't automatically happen. Um, it will require that, you know, either one or both parties go to that institution and close it. You may want to check your credit report. You know, typically I would say at least 60 to 90 days after dissolution to make sure that there are no longer any joint obligations listed on your credit report. Which gets kind of like my last question was going to be, what if you need your ex-spouse to be involved in that change, a deed or or you know, car title or something like that. Um, how how can how can they go about that? Or can they? Is there a way around it? Or do they just have to at some point do some cooperation with their spouse? It depends on the situation. Um, a lot of times we will try to include that as a part of the, the post-divorce steps where the exchange of titles or signing over um, like a real property deed occurs as a part of the dissolution process. Um, so at the time of signing a judgment, they might need to sign over a deed to real property. But in cases where parties cooperatively work together, it might make more sense for them to exchange vehicle titles and sign them over um, together separate of their legal team. And I just wanted to follow up on one of the things you said, which was the PIN numbers, the logins, the passwords, the all of that. Voter stuff. registration. Yeah. All these things. I mean, there, there's making a list really is probably the the best piece of advice you can give because once you start making the list, it just kind of keeps going. That's exactly right. You know, sometimes your legal team can provide you with certain tools in the discovery process. We might have an inventory or a list of what exists and you might want to get a copy of that for your information so you can say, okay, my attorney says these are all the accounts that he had me listed on or she had me listed on. I need to make sure that I'm removed or, you know, I need to uh, contact these insurance providers, um, especially when it comes to life insurance and disability insurance. So make a list, ask your legal team for, for a list that they may already have, but really take the time to go through these things, um, especially in the weeks after a divorce to make sure that uh, you effectuate all these changes. Got it. Well, thank you very much today. That was really, really helpful. There are so many things that, that actually do need to get changed following a divorce on your documents and on your personal information in general. And thank you. But I will ask one last question. Can they come back and ask you, can they say, hey, look at this. Is there, am I missing something? You know, what should I be looking out for? Absolutely. Yes, yes. I mean, use this as a resource. Uh, you know, we are here to help both during and after. Um, and if you have questions that come up later on, reach out. I love it. And I encourage that too. <laughs> so thank you, Lisa, for being here today. Thanks, Steve. And thank you, everyone, for joining us. If anyone has further questions, feel free to contact our firm. We can get you connected with someone who can help. And until next time, stay safe, stay happy, and be well. This has been Modern Family Matters, a legal podcast focusing on providing real answers and direction for individuals and families. 
Our podcast is sponsored by Lander Home Family Law and Pacific Cascade Family Law, serving families in Oregon and Washington. If you are in need of legal counsel or have additional questions about a family law matter important to you, please visit our websites at LanderHomeLaw.com or PacificCascadeFamilyLaw.com. You can also call our headquarters at 503-227-0200 to schedule a case evaluation with one of our seasoned attorneys. Modern Family Matters, advocating for your better tomorrow and offering legal solutions important to the modern family.